I'm still here for drops. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 55, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. I unhinge my jaw like a boa constrictor. Baseball. Ben, good evening. Good evening, J-Mac. How are you, my founder? I'm doing well, my friend. I'm doing well. It's good to be back on the baseball show. I know. Uh, you know, if you're ever going to record a, an episode of a baseball podcast, December 17th is a really good day for it. It seems like it. Yeah, dude. I absolutely love it. Uh, speaking of, I think I see someone riding in um, riding in on a horse on at sunset. What the hell's going on out there? Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great... Sam Bino. Welcome back, Sam. Hey, thanks. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. We didn't get, I guess, well, so it was just Ben and I for the Parker episode, and it was just me doing the interview because we had some issues calling in, but we got it kind of all figured out now, but it's good to have you back, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, back from sabbatical. I took all my hard-earned, sensibly sensibly loud media money and um, went to Jamaica. Not a bad time of the year to do it. No, not at all. He meant Jamaica's the name of a gas station on the outside of Atlanta. Like, the, <laughs> we have no money. <laughs> I don't know about that. For yeah. being uh, America's number one baseball humor podcast, yeah, uh, we actually do quite well for ourselves. It's a niche market. It's a niche market for sure. I can sometimes afford guacamole at a burrito place. I know that you can afford a hell of a lot of Oreos. That is true. <laughs> We do have That's some questions about that, actually. Please bring it on. I'm going to let Sam lead the charge on this, though. Right. So I watched the video, and you're clearly dunking the, the Oreos into something. And I also see you drinking water, but that whenever you set the glass down, it is also outside the shot. Are you, are you dunking the Oreos in the water? No, good question. Um, no, that would make me a sociopath. Um, no, what I'm actually doing is dunking them into coffee uh, <laughs> that I had, like, poured <laughs> Um, it was like really early in the morning and I had poured uh, like a peppermint mocha creamer in it. So it was like, <laughs> you guys are idiots. That <laughs> doesn't make you any less of a sociopath. <laughs> so two things. One, I thought that like drinking milk straight up would uh, slow me down. Like I thought that milk would fill me up uh, unnaturally and so th there are two mistakes I made in this. Uh, by the way, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the video yet. Spoiler alert. Okay, I've said it now twice. I failed miserably. <laughs> I made it to 27 Oreos in nine minutes. I did not finish the, the four final ones. Um, I think where I really messed up is twofold. One, I went with the double stuffed instead of traditional. Oh, and yeah, that dude. was like yeah. way too much cream. <laughs> Don't mark that, Brandon. <laughs> for those of you follow, <laughs> for those of you following along at home, this is our first episode with a real producer. So I do want to give a quick shout out and a warmest of all outfielder sensibly loud uh, intros to our good friend Brandon from the Sensibly Loud Radio Podcast. How are you doing, Brandon? 
Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, and awesome. no promises on the mark. Uh, yeah, we're basically anytime we're all together, we're we're basically doomed when it comes to audio gold. So anyway, I messed up because I went with the double stuff Oreos. I also messed up because I tried the challenge in the first place. I would say I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. You ate a hell of a lot of Oreos. You did, but Thank you very much. Uh, you also messed up by using coffee because that is an appetite suppressant. Really? Yeah, dude. I can't believe you're not hating yourself worse than whenever you ate that Carolina Reaper pepper that one time. Yes, so I did eat the spiciest pepper in the world one time, uh, but no, this was, so this all happened yesterday morning, and yesterday about lunchtime, I knew I had to have something, because all I had was sugar, like, coursing through my veins, uh, but I didn't eat anything aside from soup, and it wasn't until about 7 o'clock last night I could finally get back to my old staple of fast food Mexican burritos. So. I don't I've got another question, actually, but and then we're going to end the Oreo talk because we've got baseball stuff to get to. But why did you do this like first thing in the morning? <laughs> I gave I gave you this task. I gave you like three days to do it. You did it first thing in the morning with your morning coffee. <laughs> I just I don't know, man. I felt like uh, if you're going to do something, just get it out of the way, right? No. After after all that processed sugar, coffee, and soup, were you just like loose poops for days or what? <laughs> Jerry's still out on that one, buddy. Oh. That's not good. No, um, I, uh, I actually, I made the mistake of stepping on a scale when I went to my parents' house today, and I'm not going to step on a scale again for a long time. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> ben, I'm glad that you uh, decided to competitively eat, given that you probably weigh the least of all of us in this company. Thank you. Uh, Sam was talking about maybe also doing some sort of eating contest as well, maybe eating some kale. In a totally non-joking way, Ben, I've been very bad to my body, and I think I need to do something healthy and also contribute to the, the family. Thank you. So I love it. Um, yeah, there's a difference in, um, like, just eating, like, Oreos competitively or the normal just processed crap that I inhale. Um, so <laughs> definitely, definitely happy to um, maybe wolf down a salad or something. Once again, man, props for 27, though. That's a good amount. Thank you. That's a hell of a lot. Maybe we do like, how many cherry tomatoes can I eat? <laughs> <laughs> how many do you think you could eat? I mean, you know, they come in those little cube boxes. I bet you I could get through three cube boxes. Wow. That's, That's a, a lot, hot dude. sports opinion, man. That's, a, That's lot. a lot of tomatoes. I think you uh, have to go for it. Brandon, can you set this up? Can you can you reach out to the Del Monte Fruit Company and see <laughs> if they can send us? You got it. I'll open up the wire right now. We got hot stove talk. Good old hot stove top. My favorite thing about this time of the year is getting the text from Sam that's just the, the stove burner turning on hot, and you can see it actually heating up. No words necessary. None whatsoever. Have you guys been keeping up with much of this? Uh, so I have a one notable hot stove thing that is notable for people in the Texas area because Adrian Beltray retired since our last episode. Pretty so crazy, man. Pour a tall one out for belts. A legend nonetheless. I'm told that he went ahead and like tried to play it off, like talking to the clubhouse as though he just got traded to the Dodgers and he made it about two sentences into the joke. And then he was like, no, I'm kidding. I'm retiring. Like, That's not too shocking. Yep. What a silly heart. The game is worse off without him and somebody else needs to do the same thing. Agreed. There Still just the aren't game. so many of those guys out there anymore, you know? Damn yeah, I agree. Someone needs to hit home runs in Arlington. <laughs> god damn it there's a lot of people that need to do that that's for sure all right so just i've got a list of things to kind of go through here and you guys can fill in sketches if you hear different things different times 
Love it. So I'm going to start off. Ben, I was about to tell you about this the other day, and I held back intentionally because I wanted you and Sam's take at the same time. Okay. Scott Boris, legendary foe of the pod. Scott <laughs> Boris, super agent. Don't, please don't pick enemies with Scott <laughs> Boris. <laughs> I'll take him to task anytime. That guy sucks, and I'll tell you exactly why. So Bryce Harper, biggest free agent name out there right now, correct? That's right. $400 million, right? I don't know that he's going to get that, but we'll see, I guess. That's what they're asking. That's what they're asking. Scott Boris at the winter meetings gave teams 118-page booklets about Bryce Harper. First of all, to me, 118 pages does not qualify as a booklet, first of all. How hmm. would you, what would you say 118? What's that give you, like a, a novella? Uh, 118, yeah. it's 59 pages front and back. That's a booklet, dude. Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. But regardless, it's ridiculous. Like, that, well, what all could some, be in there? Stop, stop. Well, you have some backbone to your opinion. Like, Sam barely rears up at no. you, and you're like, okay, fine, yeah. it's a booklet, whatever. Didn't really think about I it. Mean, we're well, just I, presuming that Scott Boris, you know, pitches in for double-sided printing. We don't really know that he's that kind of guy. No, he's definitely probably not. Doesn't he just seem like the type of guy that would not go for double-sided printing? Just give a middle finger to the rainforests, like, as he's driving <laughs> by. <laughs> but regardless... I wasn't really trying to hit home about the booklet size or whatever. Oh. Uh, I was more just trying to brainstorm what all could be in there. But I do know that one thing that came out about it is that there were like all kinds of stats comparing him to LeBron and what hmm. he can do physically versus Bryce Harper. Interesting. Is it the same agent? No. Like for LeBron and for Nope. Hmm. Interesting, right? Is it because LeBron like dominates his sport unlike any other More player than likely i guess that's what they're trying to get at there but it's just still very strange were they trying to say like who their favorite pokemon is or what and what's your favorite pokemon thank you sam uh i'm gonna go with all of them no uh any of the original 150 i'll take it's a cop-out answer all right fine you want to talk about it nine tails or jolteon depends on the day <laughs> <laughs> depends on how many oreos he ate for breakfast all right next on the list Phillies signed Andrew McCutcheon. They were looking uh, yes. to bolster their outfield a little bit. How Cutch do you think McCutcheon fits in uh, in Philadelphia, Sam? I don't think he does. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you end up doing in San Francisco? What do you hit like two fifty something? We got traded to the Yankees like halfway through the year. Not even halfway through the year. Oh, that's right. But he barely did anything. That's that's kind of the point. The worst thing he could have done was shaved off his facial hair in the dreads. That's where he went wrong here. Well, was that because of the Yankees? No, he did that. He did that in San Francisco. Didn't yeah, he? he got rid of the facial hair though in New York. That's so sad. I have a stats here. Batting average of 2018 combined was 255. Uh, his WAR last year was 2.7. What was his OBP? Uh, OBP was 368. Not great. No, not awesome. Uh, yeah, he's he's like beyond his prime. I don't think he's going to be adding a ton of value to Philly. Agreed. He's defensively still good. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah, I think so. I think it's Dep silver or bronze glove level. It depends. They on give out bronze gloves. Uh, I do. Same. It was a legitimate question. I wasn't attacking. <laughs> I no, no, I, I have no idea. <laughs> ben, next year we should do. You should do an award show and give out the bronze gloves or something like that. That'd be great. If sure. I thought that more than six people would listen to it, I would definitely give out some bronze gloves. Why are you running down the listeners? What are you doing here? No, no, the outfielder does well. Sensibly Loud Media does well. But when it comes to Ben Baseball's Bronze Glove Award Ceremony, you're going to get like eight people and one will be my mother. <laughs> Probably. How'd the Jeopardy episode do? Pretty well, actually. It was one of our better episodes we've ever done. It was run by Ben. Exactly. Thank you. 
and uh, dominated by it. Jimmy. I might add. Missed opportunity to say that our numbers did very trivial. <sighs> Come on. Triv- <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Blue Jays finally uh, released Tulowitzki. Interesting. Ooh. Where do you think he's going to go? I've heard Atlanta, actually. That could be interesting, except they're kind of locked up at shortstop, aren't they? It'd like probably be like feet. a. I'm, does he play? I wonder if he plays other positions. He must, right? He'd probably be. A, he could probably do third, right? He's got a, an arm. Yeah, nah, he's he doesn't have the range for that. No, he was always perfectly slotted there, but it doesn't look like he's. Who do the Braves have at second? Camargo. Yeah. Uh, no, Albies. Yeah, Ozzy Albies. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're not gonna mess that one up. No. And uh, maybe they're shopping uh, Dansby. I've heard that. I've heard that too. Probably trying to increase pitching in that case, I would think. Let's see, what else? All right, uh, Orioles hired Brandon Hyde as their new manager. Young buck kind of guy, but not Don't. buck at the same time. <laughs> yeah, okay, nailed it. Good. They uh, Literally anything would be a step up. Yeah, probably so. They got a new my, GM, too. My dog could run the Orioles. Four boxes of grape cherries would be just fine. <laughs> because you would cherry, just... cherry Cherry tomatoes, rather. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Got it. Uh, we knew what you meant. Edwin Encarnacion traded to the Mariners. Mariners kind of unloading a lot of stuff, it seems like. So I saw that, and it makes me wonder what their play is, because I thought that two-thirds of the way through last year, Seattle really started dumping stuff. And so for them to start adding pieces, or am I misremembering it? No, it went the other way around. I think that they took a bad contract and sent a couple oh, of them the other Oh, that's way. right. Okay. So that's not a mistake. No, you're good. But yeah, it's it's definitely a strange time for Seattle because they they never really got any kind of definition last year. They started out pretty hot, but nonetheless, it never seemed like they had a direction though, which was always the weirdest part about it. And then they just sort of fell apart before they even got to the trade deadline. So where does he fit in? I mean, do they still have Nelson Cruz and Robbie Cano and Mitch Haniger and Didn't they move Robbie Cano? Or they were ta- I, I know they were talking about moving him. Did he go to like Miami or something? I did see that the... uh oh, he plays for the Mets. Oh, yeah, he got traded to the Mets. That's right. Holy shit, okay. Yeah. I missed that completely. Yeah, he got traded to the I'm... Mets a couple... Of... This was a little bit ago, actually, now. I'm a... That one must have slipped Curtis back. Granderson? Uh, no way, right? Do they? Because then they could just revive, like, the 2003 Yankees. Dude, that's what it almost <laughs> feels like is trying to happen over there. Just get Jeter out of the front office of the Marlins for whatever reason. He's an asshole. I really... I still don't like him. Okay. Not everyone who listens to this is from Boston. Hey, I've, I'll give you this. I've come around on A-Rod, though. Which is something I never thought. Like, right now, they are serving, uh, they're building a snowman in hell based on you coming around on A-Rod. <laughs> he's just good in the booth. I, I, I think he's really good in the booth. I still don't care for him at all. Yeah, just feel like he's at least owned his mistakes and shit like that. I appreciate that. You know, and you're right. There is something to be said uh, about that. You know what? Everyone makes mistakes. What do you do when you make them? How do you own up to it? And it, and I, I will agree with you on that. Uh, Ian Kinsler signed with the Padres. Hilarious. What a terrible team. They're very <laughs> bad at baseball. <laughs> like, uh, Ian Kinsler was garbage in the World Series. It's terrible. The Red Sox had zero interest in bringing him back. Yeah, I'm say so. that's, a, that's a money play. Yeah. I think he signed like a three-year deal or something like that. No way. Good for him. Just hang in San Diego and be really bad on the base pads. Hey, I mean... That seems to be what he's known for everywhere else, though. It's not like San Diego has any other sports teams. That's so a, sad. For that them. is really sad. That's such a bullshit thing. Let's not get into that. Let's see. I'm looking real quick to see what it was a two-year, eight million dollar deal. So it, it's not like a long-term play. He's getting towards the end of his career anyway. He's got to be. 
That's more money than I make. Good for him. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. I'm still waiting for the checks from Nabisco to come in for those Oreos, but until then, I'm with Sam on this one. Agreed. Uh, Astros today signed Michael Brantley. Not a bad signing. They needed to upgrade their outfield. When Michael Brantley is healthy, he is really, really good. Agreed. I think he had like many, many home runs. He was hitting for average and power and stealing bases all, all last season, most of last season. So have the Astros made many more changes? Because we know that they won the World Series two years ago, and then they were in the championship series last year. So if they're adding power to it, what's that do to the Astros staying power overall? Definitely helps them, especially when you've got George Springer out there. If you could upgrade that spot in the outfield, and I mean, they're going to lose Marwin Gonzalez, I think, in free agency, because someone's going to sign him to some some deal that's outrageous that they're not going to want to sign him back to, because he's not that great. He's <laughs> Dodgers. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see they like, just go for those types of guys. Yeah, they really do. They just write their checks. Seems like they it. Yeah, and they clear. The Red Sox are pretty much out on Craig Kimbrell. Explain that one to me. That doesn't make any sense. He wants six years, $100 million. Wow. I don't see the logic in doing that. I think that they've got other options. They really do. Matt Barnes what can close. Go They're like, going to go with a cheaper option. Wh- how? What would you go for, Kimbrell? Three for 30? Three for, yeah, probably three for 30. But he's that'd be underpaying him a little bit. Maybe okay, so so if you could have him right now at three for 45. Uh... I mean, you just got to think about a reliever's specific output. It's very low. Right. He doesn't so, actually do that much. Exactly. So that, that's really that what it comes down to. actual stat? What? Or did we just come up with something? Reliever-specific output, RSO. Uh, specific output is like your ability to output given your unit of capacity. So he pitches one inning a game. Like, Got it, yeah. Just not a lot that he's producing. That's true. Starting to sound a bit like algebra. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking to see how old he is. I can always forget. He is while Justin, While Justin's looking that up, Sam, what is your favorite type of mathematics? <clears throat> My favorite type of math? Oh, boy. Probably Excel math. There you go. I'm really good at that. Going to go with geometry. Geometry is fun. Shapes, shapes and lines, rays. Yep, 30 so years old exactly, it. Sam. Good, good call. That's a great guess. Great guess. So, yeah, so then he wants to be paid $100 million over the next six years. There's no way his arm is going to hold up that long. Well, if you're only pitching one inning every four games. Excuse me, one inning, three out of every four games. Yeah. I mean, he throws heat, though. So, it's a lot of torque going through those joints. All right. Well, I think that about... A lot of joules. Am I right? A lot of joules. A lot of of power units. Yes. What's the molar output? (laughs) Good Lord. <laughs> the show's so stupid sometimes. Sam, what do you think about the Rangers signing Lance Lynn to a couple-year deal? Yeah, that's terrible. Why would we do this? Yeah, I don't know. We just need, like, warm bodies, right? Like, I should probably move back to Dallas and try out. I think you'd make we, it. We got rid of Chirinos. I played catcher. Let's do it. If you're if you're just eating these tomatoes all the time, I feel like you're going to be in shape in no time. <laughs> oh, yeah, no time at all. We, we can call you Superfood Sam. Yeah, it's like I'm Popeye except I eat tomatoes instead of spinach. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, the the deal that just killed me, though, the Cardinals and Paulie. Mm. Paul Goldschmidt is a Cardinal. Now. Yeah, and that sucks. That That's crushes a, my heart. This what is, a good baseball player on such a shitty team. This is the worst I've felt since Giancarlo got traded to the Yankees. So not that long then. No, about a year. About a year ago. But the worst yeah. I felt about a player getting traded that I really, really liked. Did Arizona just give up? I mean, they really had a shot. 
Yeah, well, he was only on a one-year deal. So it seems like it was one of those things that they could get a bunch for him they may as well. So is he okay. getting paid? A uh, 14.5 mil club option. Okay. So, yeah, so he's on that last year of that deal. That's a good amount of money, though. Wow. He he's worth it, is though. the ninth highest paid first baseman. There you go. I would love him to play in Boston. That would be sweet. That would be amazing. And that's why I'm not an advocate of giving someone like Craig Kimbrell $100 million. Yeah, aren't you guys unloading payroll after this year? So that's, that you're that's what they're doing right now. That's why they're not signing him to a deal like that. They're trying to. So what's that do to the NL West? Not much. I don't think that the Diamondbacks were going to be enough of a threat this year for it to matter. They were barely a threat the second. They fell apart at the end of last year. That whole division was garbage. It really was hot trash. Didn't then why was it so competitive? Because they were all terrible. <laughs> Sometimes it's a race to the bottom, my friend. <laughs> Uh, that's good. Uh, so what is, where's Kim, where's Kimbrough going to go then? What do you think? I've heard that there's a, a reunion with the Braves in, in order, maybe. But yep, somebody's they need bullpen gonna, help. Yep, somebody's going to pay him, though. Some I don't know if anybody's going to pay him that, but I know someone's going to pay him. I feel like Toronto's in the habit of writing stupid checks like that. Yeah, but they're rebuilding. They're not going to – I don't think they're, they're going to dole out for that. You're right, though. That is a deal that they tend to shy towards, it feels like. All right, well – we're going to do something a little bit different for the second half of this episode. Ben, do you kind of want to tee this up? Absolutely. Uh, so we have been talking about for some time now, we're going to do another wonderful historical segment where we talk about everyone's favorite combination of three things, baseball, beer, and brawls. That's right. We're talking 10 cent beer night after the break. Are you a fan of taters, homers, dingers, goners? Are you a fan of hot dogs? Well, we have the place for you. I'm talking about JD's Dong Dogs. Down at JD's Dong Dogs, you can hit a home run for dinner by ordering their famous Dong Dog, a quarter pound wiener topped with onions, relish, ketchup, mustard, and a little bit of Dong sauce. Feeding the family tonight? You can pick up a family dinner for $29.99. That includes 14 Dong Dogs, Buns, condiments, a side bucket of chicken, and a 12-pack of Milwaukee's Best. JD's Dong Dogs have 10 locations scattered hither and yonder, so head on down there for dinner tonight. Come on down to JD's Dong Dogs today and tell them that the guys from the Outfielders sent you. Back to you, Sam and Ben. All right, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, and thanks again to JD's Dong Dogs. We do love ourselves that extra bucket of chicken. Here we go. So I do want to tease things up a little bit. So Sam, Justin, how familiar are each of you with the legend that is 10 Cent Beer Night? I am relatively familiar with it. All right, Sam, what about you? Zero things. I know nothing. Okay, so... Uh, aside from what the name will imply, that beer costs a dime, uh, there's actually a little bit more to it than that. So super high-level version, um, but before we get into that, I do want to bring in a very special, special sort of um, tease-up. So Justin and I have been really scouring the internet, and we went ahead and were able to locate uh, some of the original, with an asterisk, audio from this baseball broadcast so no record of the television broadcast survives now 40 what 44 years later but we were able to definitely find some original asterisk audio that we are definitely hoping to bring to y'all today so without further ado 10 cent beer night was back in 1974 and it all happened at a game between the cleveland indians 
and the newest of expansion teams, the Texas Rangers at Cleveland Stadium. So, uh, Brandon, Justin, do we happen to have the, uh, the first audio clip here ready? Live from Cleveland Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, this is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati, and I am joined by my broadcast partner, Ernie Calcutta from Alameda. We will be on the broadcast this evening as the Cleveland Indians face off with the Rangers of Texas on this beautiful June evening. We have taken over the broadcast booth this evening to cover for our good friends Rusty Fontagliabu from Kenosha and Lester Pauletti from Yonkers, who unexpectedly came down with colic. The downstairs lunchroom may have been the culprit, but more to come as the investigation continues. That's right, Paul. It is a wonderful night for baseball. America's pastime. And what better way to take your mind off those pesky Nixon hearings taking over the news cycle? Oh, speaking of news... Paul, did you see the news from the NFL this morning? It looks like Seattle is getting their own football club. What do you think? I think, Ernie, we're here to talk some baseball. Now, Ernie, tonight is a special night in the ballpark, a great promotional item. That's right. It's 10-cent beer night here in Cleveland. I already took a JFK coin down and picked up a five or so to get us started. That sounds swell. So as you can tell, the audio is not always the best. When you're dealing with old audio, it does sound like a nasally voiced Texan doing a JFK impression, but it is a little bit more than that to it. So anyway, uh, there was actually a bit of a run up leading into this. Uh, Sam, had you heard any of that audio before? Was that was that new to you? No, that sounded pretty grainy, though. It's good stuff. Okay. Yeah, definitely super authentic. Uh, so basically, I'm a fan Cle- of Paul Fontagliabu from Kenosha. <laughs> Yeah, is that uh, is that part of the um uh, the Madison uh, Fontaglia booze? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Is that southwest or southeast of Schenectady? <laughs> That's the Kennebunkport <laughs> Fontaglia booze. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, Cleveland had had these types of promotions before, no issue. So basically, um, all the way back in '71, they even were able to have a nickel beer day. So inexpensive beer in the rust belt basically are synonyms for each other so what would end up happening is um a few weeks earlier though the rangers had uh had been hosting cleveland here in texas and there was a brawl uh the teams uh, you know kind of a bench clearing sort of thing there was no suspensions or forfeited uh, no one was ejected um but it definitely started getting the blood boiling so that was kind of to set this up um Basically, a Cleveland reporter asked then Rangers manager Billy Martin, hey, are you going to take your armor to Cleveland? Uh, you know, insinuating that, hey, you're going to need armor. Cleveland's coming at you. And uh, Billy Martin responded, no, they won't have enough fans to worry about. Uh, that's a direct quote. Ooh. So basically, everyone in Cleveland was then talking about, hey, we got to make sure that when Texas comes to town, uh, we're, we're showing them who's boss. And, of course, that deal was made only sweeter whenever alcohol was flowing dude yeah so that this has always been the thing that's been amazing about this is the lead up to it and just how intense things got even before they got to cleveland so we've got we've got some shit talking and some cheap beer on the horizon between some teams that are probably both really bad at sports correct yeah i don't i can't speak much to the 70s Cleveland club, but I can certainly tell you that not a lot happened positive for the Texas Rangers. Uh, they were an expansion first, club, so in the first thirty years of their existence, no, they weren't an expansion club. Didn't they move up here from DC? 
we were the senators. Right. Yeah, but they 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 were an expan- They weren't the original senators. They were an expansion senators. Got it. The original got it. Okay. Senators moved. Yeah. So this this iteration of the senators cropped up in '62, I believe, and then they moved to Texas. And fun trivia fact: that was all thanks to Ted freaking Williams. Hmm. Uh, it's thanks to Ted Williams that the Texas Rangers exist. I'm looking up the 1974 Cleveland statistics here real quick. So oh, I the bet they're Indi- bad. So the Indians went 77 and 85 that year. They finished fourth place in the AL East. Let's see what they batted as a team, shall we? Oh, it's going to be terrible. I'm going to say 225. I'm going to go the over. Okay, let me let, let's just do it this way. Who any guesses on what the highest batting average on the team was? 287. I was going to say 286. Holy shit. So close. Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the over 291. Well, wow, you both are very painfully close at 285. Wow. Oh, boy. All right. But here's where it gets real interesting, and this is why we don't look at batting average anymore. Um, <laughs> as yes, no we do. Yes, we do. We well, absolutely a, do. But not as a, a real measurable stat whenever it looks at productivity. Dude, looking at on base is a much better idea of how productive a player is i i understand the the efficacy but to say that we don't look at it it's just wrong no i'm not i don't mean that i'm just saying that we don't well, we should we don't pay it as much mind as we used to is the you're right that's why it's the second stat listed on baseball reference but whatever no one looks at it shut your goddamn mouth all right tight what's Brandon, the can highest you mark him saying that <laughs> what's the highest on base 345 325 363 actually hey okay all right, and finally, highest OPS. 489. Uh, I was going to say 425. 767. Oh, wow. boy. That's so, respectable. Yeah, respectable. Well, I guess that was back whenever you could hit people with the baseball on purpose. <laughs> that's true. Sounds like that's exactly what you wanted. So anyway, uh, the basically, the, the game really started getting out of hand um, relatively quick so let's go back in and see what the broadcasters had to say as um as things started falling off the rails oh boy ernie we sure have a real pressure cooker of a situation brewing here at cleveland stadium that's right paul i don't think i've seen a crowd this unruly in many years what all have we seen so far this evening the crowd only got more inebriated after texas took the 5-1 lead We tried to pay no mind to the lewd behavior of the audience, but to have that young woman expose herself in the on-deck circle, well, things sure are changing in baseball. And were those two individuals related who came onto the outfield and mooned the bleachers the next inning? My sources are telling me they may have been kin. And to see these fine athletes pelted with all manners of trash, from hot dogs to malted liquor bottles. I certainly wonder if the promotions crew really thought this evening through. Yeah, so as um, as Paul and Ernie just kind of took you through, it was a rough go. Uh, there was some definitely people being hit by like line drives, the fans just going nuts about it, people throwing hot dogs. You had all sorts of public indecency. It was a pretty wild trip. So you kind of skipped over a part. Take us through how we got here. As far as like the tent, there was no cap on the the beers. Oh yeah, no, sorry about that. So yeah, here's the thing: whenever it all got started, there was just truckloads and truckloads of beer that was brought in, and basically there was zero limit to what you could buy. You were able to just walk up and walk away with 10, 10 ounce cups, 
no issues, no questions asked, and then immediately down them, give them to your friend, whatever, and go back again. Like no limit, no marking system. It's just if you have a dime, you're in for a time. Okay. Unlimited booze. Should we trademark that? I think we should. Yeah, I love it. So unlimited booze, the team's hating each other, and the game starts to escalate from there, right? Yeah, plus they ended up with about twice as many people there as they were expecting. So, I mean, bear in mind, this was 1974, and there was a promotion. There were people in attendance, 25,134 fans in attendance. Wow. So, I, th- I think if I had to port myself back to that day and age, and I saw that many people at a regular-ass baseball game, I might get a little scared. Well, that's exactly what started to happen, because as some of this violent behavior happened, it turned into a riot. And so that's a perfect segue, Sam, because basically Cleveland managed to tie the game in the ninth inning. Okay, so we're talking it's five to five and a fan named Terry Yurkic ran onto the field and allegedly uh, was trying to steal Texas outfielders Jeff Burroughs baseball cap. Basically, the Burroughs, the ball player, tripped and the rangers all thought that he was pushed and attacked by the fan so rangers manager comes out there and all hell starts breaking loose because now you have the rangers thinking one of their players is down and you have cleveland the fans i mean thinking that one of their own is about to be attacked by the visiting ball club so I like to picture, basically, you remember that scene from Braveheart, whenever you have like the two factions running into each other? That's basically what was happening, except with chains and knives and pieces of baseball stadium seats. When you mentioned Braveheart, I thought you were going to talk about Prima Nocta for a moment. <laughs> There's something that Ben and I didn't anticipate coming into the docuseries. <laughs> well, history is history, right? No, I, I get it. Just because so, we didn't anticipate it doesn't mean that it's wrong. So fan Gary Gergich really gets gets everybody in trouble, right? What happened to him? Did he is he okay? Like how do we know his name and why? You know, that's a question for a better reporter, sir. All I know is it seems like he started the bullshit. Yeah. Now is it Gary or Jerry? I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. It, could be, it might even be Larry. I'm not sure. Harry. No, so basically in probably the one silver lining of it all is you have now the Rangers on the field with weapons surrounded by these Cleveland fans. Well, Cleveland manager um, Ken Aspromonte, uh, who also sounds like he makes tomatoes, he told the – stop laughing at that. That wasn't that funny. <laughs> tight, tight name. <laughs> so he basically thought that he knew the Rangers were in trouble. So he told the Cleveland ball club to get out of the dugout and to go, like, help the Rangers off the field. So – at this point, it turns into a full-scale riot. People are being hit with, like, steel folding chairs, like it's a 1990s WWE match. Some Vince uh, McMahon shit. Yes, you have fist fights. You have fights, like, taking place in the dugouts. It, it turned into a into a mess. So basically, a what's that? So it sounds like quite the debacle. Yes. The chief umpire, Nestor Chilek, uh, he basically forfeited the game to Texas. And then he was promptly hit in the head with another part of the stadium seat. So, like, people are, like, bleeding. It's pretty bad. And, of course, in true fashion of any event like this that just explodes, they didn't have nearly enough security there. And the bottom line is they shouldn't have been selling that much beer to begin with. Well, right. I mean, it's, it's easy for us to sit here and say where the wheels fell off. 
Um, but I would definitely agree with, yes, there should have been a cap on beer. There probably should have been when they realized, you know, even at the beginning of the game when they're like, oh, snap, we have twice as many people here as we were expecting. Let's probably call the cops. Yeah. Or just, and but I don't even think just the general police could handle that many unruly people. I mean, well, at well, some point you thing. can, but. That's the thing is like, how long is a baseball game? So I feel like they should have had some semblance of warning, you know. Right. It wasn't until the ninth inning when this really hit the fan. So like. <laughs> But I don't understand why. So I, obviously that's why they ha- they stopped serving beer in like the seventh inning, which makes sense. Other than whenever it goes to extra innings for like 19 innings, that always sucks. So I wasn't alive then, but I'm pretty sure that like 1970s Cleveland baseball stadium, it could be like half hour after the game and you could still buy Mad Dog well, from a vendor. Right. And that's where I was headed. Mad Dog. Uh, Do they sell Mad Dog then? Uh, it was it was called Thunderbird, but it was the exact same stuff. <laughs> no, you're joking. That's awesome. I'm not kidding at all. Not yeah. kidding at all. Uh, anyway, would. so basically, there was a. We're looking at it now, you know, with the with humorous reverence about it, but it could have been a really bad situation. Like right now, I think people view it in 2018 as like a humorous anecdote where a tragedy was avoided, but it's really important to underscore just how rough of a time and how scarring to the game this incident really could have been. I mean, could you imagine some fan marching across the outfield wielding a chain? (laughs) That's terrifying. It's a real gangs in New York situation. Exactly. Uh, Do we have a casualty report? Like officially, like we lost seven liters of blood or whatever. (laughs) No, uh, I believe there were... Oh God! It was either nine or nineteen people were assisted, uh, officially arrested. Mark that. That was <laughs> tight. Mark. All right. Oh. So let's check, let's check back in with uh, Paul and Ernie. Yeah. With Paul and Ernie, um, and see that sounds way too much like Burton Ernie. By the way, we we didn't really think this yeah, one through. We, we didn't. All right. Let's check back in with Paul and Ernie and see what's going on. Well, Ernie. What an utterly dumbfounding evening we have witnessed. It makes me wonder how this all got started. And how. I keep going back to the incident in the ninth where the fan tried to steal Jeff Burrow's ball cap. Do you think that young man was pushed by Burrow's, or do you think he just tripped and fell? It sure seems like he fell. But I'll tell you one thing, Ernie. I hadn't seen leadership like Rangers manager Billy Martin coming out of the dugout like General Patton leading those ball players into battle armed only with baseball bats and their sheer desire to protect one of their own. And to see the Cleveland Cub coming to defend those Texas boys like that? Oh, I think some of the audience may have had knives or chains. We may have avoided a real tragedy here this evening. And as the dust settles on the field, the once pristine diamond now littered with broken pieces of chairs and trash from the concession stands, we take stock at America's great game and wonder how these changing times will ever leave this fair sport. They said it all, didn't they? They did. That's that. So uh, Cleveland, they did end up trying to make up the game uh, because the official box score had it down with a Cleveland forfeiting to the Rangers, even though the score was tied 5-5. to So Mm. take that for what it's worth. Can I change my movie analogy? It's not Gangs of New York. It's the the Warriors. Mm. (laughs) A much better representation, I think. So did the Texas Rangers like bop their way all the way back to the, you know, the locker room somehow back to Coney? <laughs> exactly. It. That's it's uh, uh, I love when this incident comes up every year. It's one of those things I always love hearing about. 
I mean, there's just so much, like, when you think about the 1970s, I mean, this definitely has to be at least in the top 10 to 15 sports incidents that happened in the 70s. Like, you had a number of other notable things, specifically in baseball, like the Doc LSD no-hitter. Other than that, I can't think of too many. There's the 70s notably. disco night thing. Yeah, yeah, the disco disco demolition night yeah. in uh, Detroit, I think that was. No, that was in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. So, I mean, what are other, like, unique to the 70s types of things that definitely couldn't happen today? Uh, Well, you're talking about sports, right? Yes. Yes, because I was going to say that could be a weird road to go down. Yeah, I mean, those are some of the main ones, man. I mean, this is definitely one of the more historical things. It seems like a lot of people don't even know about. That's right. It's always really interesting. We always appreciate you walking us through a historical thing. Whenever we actually started the outfielder, that was kind of the idea was to do like historical things with it. And then it just made more sense to do it kind of in the, the off season, whenever baseball wasn't going on. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I think we ever got sick of talking about was the AL central. So like, otherwise we had plenty of stuff to talk about for the, for the baseball year. Indeed. That in Pittsburgh with Sam for whatever reason. No comment. I'm not going <laughs> to dig, even... <laughs> dig it any deeper. Yeah, I'm not going mean, to bait you into it's one. It's kind of medium, right? Yeah. Well, that my, that my friends is a uh, 10 cent beer night. Well, how are we feeling about where Bryce Harper ends up? Good. <laughs> where the hell do you think he ends up? Come on. I think he ends up at Philly. I think they throw a bunch of money at him. Sure doesn't seem like he's going to re-sign with the Nationals. No, there's broken everything there. That that place sucks. That place does suck. I feel like given what he wants to be paid, it's going to be like the Yankees or Dodgers or some team that just has no regard for what bottom of their bank account looks like the, the Phillies have the most money to spend which is why they're in the conversation pretty much everywhere where there's money true they're meeting with Machado next week so I mean here's the thing though so ask yourself this because if Boris is comparing him to LeBron do you think he just wants to be the highest highest paid player in baseball history or do you think he wants to try to put some uh, put some trophies in his trophy case you know what I'm saying I think if he can do both, that's what he's going to aim for. If he if he has to make a set, slight sacrifice in in one area, he will do that to get a trophy. In that out. case, in that case, Philly's out, in my opinion. They're what third? Well, yeah. this season, yeah, but they are super young and they are primed to be pretty good. They were about a year behind where the uh, the Braves were, where we thought they'd be, though. Like we didn't think that the Braves would be as good as they were this year. I think Philly's probably a year behind where they're at right now. So get your magic eight balls out then. If Harper signs with the Phillies, what's that do to the NL playoff picture? Does that immediately make them contenders, the team to beat? Or do you think that there's still Los Angeles, Milwaukee, Atlanta, other teams they need to usurp first? That's going to make the NL East extremely fun. Yeah, but you're not going to have the Nationals being any kind of good anymore. So you've got them and the Mets sitting in the bottom. Yeah, that's fine. And the Marlins, blah. That's true. Ugh. Gross. It would just be it would be the Phillies and Braves battling it out all season, which would be really cool. That would definitely be fun. I would love to be on the Brave side of that, no doubt about it. It will be. One of our hosts is is there. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, I do live here. I forgot. Yeah, glad you made note. 
All right. Well, definitely want to give the hugest of outfielder shout outs to our boy, Brandon, for producing this episode. Thank you so much for being on there. And of course, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out on sensiblyloud.com, your one-stop shop for podcasts, blogs, and now Oreo eating contest. So make sure to check us out. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. It really helps us out on the iTunes store or the Google Play store, wherever you happen to get your podcast gold. Thank you so much. We'd like to thank everyone for joining us for episode 55 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast.